0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The story you are about to listen to is based on recordings and notes I made in 2010 during a long journey through Kenya. 2010, that means I was nine years younger than I am now. When I started working on this episode a few months ago, I instinctively began cleaning up my notes and trying to paint a better version of the dude I was. But if I cleaned them up, If I pretend I wasn't the person I was then, this story wouldn't really make any sense. I was in my late twenties, I found myself in an unusual situation, I had questions and I wanted to find some answers. So, in this episode, I'm gonna speak the way that the 29 years old version of myself would have spoken. I'll share with you the thoughts and desires and concerns I had then, This is an episode about physical intimacy, culture clashes, and the power dynamics between different genders and different economic backgrounds. There's a solid chance I'm gonna trigger very sensitive feelings. I just ask you to listen to this episode up to the end. I'm not interested in making any statement. I just want to share with you a growing up process. If I offend you in any way, or if I say something you consider wrong, well... My apologies It took a while to sift through all the recordings and notes I collected during my first trip to Kenya It was during that journey that my confidence in knowing the right thing to do when faced with a vagina crashed against the wall of my insecurity. A wall that started cracking because of a woman I met there, Stella. Welcome I'm Jonathan Zenti and this is Meat. Some things that I don't like about my body are my feet, because,
0: I don't know, they look kind of like claws, like the toes are really long. My friends always joke that I could
1: climb things with them. At the beginning of 2010, I got a weird job offer. Do you want to lead a training in Nairobi for 30 local female journalists about radio and female genital mutilation? I said no. Why would a white guy from Europe tell any African professional how to do her job? A job that focuses on a topic that she's probably more familiar with. But the organization that offered me the job told me that I wasn't their first choice it would have been very important for them to have a woman leading this program they were working with someone, but then she got pregnant and then another candidate took a full-time job elsewhere and then another one also got pregnant and one of them who declined the job mentioned me as a possible substitute the project was about to kick off, they didn't have time to look around and as I already mentioned, I said no I'm white, I have a penis I don't know anything about female genital mutilation then the organization clarified that it was a UN program with a generous UN salary I mean, it was a 3 month gig and I would have earned what I usually make in a year I stayed silent for a couple of days just to pretend I was biting the bullet and then I told them okay, I'll do it and here, at this point of the script is where I noticed I was cleaning up my notes because actually at their last offer what I said was okay, I'll do it, I've always cared about pussy Gross, right? I know, it's a family thing to distract from an uncomfortable situation with a joke my grandma did it all her life as a response to my grandpa being inflammatory my father did it as a response to my mother being completely nonsense and I do it to lower myself when I feel uncomfortable or when I'm doing something I'm not proud of like the thing that I'm about to do now I shouldn't have accepted this gig I feel I'm stealing a job from my women colleagues that I'm going to teach something I don't know anything about but God, I need the money and I also know that I always do my best when I start something and actually, it's even fair to say that I've always cared about pussy I've always thought that I'm a stroke of luck for a girl when it comes to intimacy When I date someone and we make out and we decide to undress and do stuff together the first intrepid move I make is to sneak my head through her tikes long before I even take off my pants Very feminist, right? Dealing with someone else's pleasure before taking care of mine I've read it in a lot of books and I always have a lot of female friends. I spent most of my childhood surrounded by girls at ballet school. I was more into Saved by the Bell than soccer games, more into talk than action. It allowed my female friends to vent about all the shit they have been through growing up. Crushes, breakups, passive cheatings, active cheatings, fucked up friendships, fucked up relationships. I've always felt that I know more than any other male in the world about periods, pain, hormones, period pills, tears of sadness, tears of joys, tears of... nothing. I've always heard them talk about how they like their body explored, and I've listened to hundreds of stories about how the guys they date are usually so bad at it, how the men in their lives could be mean, cynical, ignorant, cocky, sometimes to the point of causing them physical pain and not even notice and I always told myself I don't want to be that kind of jerk and I always did my best not to become one of them that's why the first move I make with a girl is going down on her I mean, I like it I can stay there dozens of minutes explore the area barely breathing like a deep-sea diver Gently unwrap the burrito, pay attention, react to reactions, discover what is new and different every time with every different girl. I like it so much, and not just because I enjoy it, it's because it's right. I'm doing the right thing. I'm not a jerk. I am different. So, these are the certainties that are stuffing half of my luggage. The other half has been filled up by all the studies, books, reports, data that the organization gave me before I left. On the flight to Kenya, I read everything about female genital mutilation. I use my legs as a file cabinet, and I take out one report after another from my binder. I flip through all the graphic drawings and pictures of the different types of genital cuts, and read about all the awful side effects on young girls. I move the binder slightly to the left, so my seatmate to the right doesn't notice what I'm reading, and then I move it back to the right, so I'm not busted by the guy on my left. And when the food comes, some white-hot, tasteless curry thing, I make Spider-Man level efforts to keep my tray on my lap and all those papers with genital cuts between my legs. Page after page talks about how it's a wrong, harmful practice. It's officially a violation of human rights. It's when someone alters or injures female genitalia for non medical reasons. Every year, in the world, around three and a half million girls undergo this practice, for different reasons Rite of passage, marriage eligibility, religious beliefs There are three main types of genital mutilation The complete removal of the clitoris The removal of the clitoris and the inner labia And the cutting and stitching of the inner labia to create a sort of shield over the vagina in Kenya, where I'm headed to, in 2010, 25% of the girls still undergo one of these types of interventions at young age. There are 43 tribes in Kenya, most of them don't practice female genital mutilation, FGM for short, but three tribes, the Somali, the Masai and the Kisi, still practice FGM in high numbers. Almost all of these tribes practice the cut of the clitoris but the Somali mainly practice infibulation the cutting and stitching one.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has now switched on the fasten seat
1: belt signs. When we are about to land I feel that I'm getting all the information I need to start this gig but still I don't know what I'm going to work on in the same way I have all the information on Beyonce but I don't know her. I have a frame but I don't see the picture.
0: On behalf of the entire crew, thank you and a very good morning to you all.
1: So, when I get to Nairobi, I decide to do something that, as a radio documentary maker, I already know. I ask around. (coughs) I ask a gynecologist of the main hospital in Nairobi. Women who have gone through the cut have been found to lose more babies at the time of delivery more than the women who have not been cut if all other factors are the same. A sheikh of the Kenyan Muslim community. God created this body and every organ has a purpose. You interfere with God's creation. Leave the body the way God has created. A film director.
0: This girl that we featured in this film, she went to find peace with her father.
1: A UNICEF program officer, again from the Muslim community.
0: Uh, FGM has always been like a no-go zone, don't touch, you know, something not to be discussed. But at the moment, I would say the discussion is very easy. At least we've broken some barriers.
1: Interview after interview, the picture inside the frame takes the shape of a mirror, where I can see myself as a man in black with a briefcase waiting for witnesses in an interrogation room set up by white Westerners. Tell me what I want to hear and I'll pay for your ride home or I'll take you out for a fancy lunch and it's not on the people I'm interviewing who are very committed to the abandon of FGM in their country it's me who is involuntarily promoting this kind of trade give me all your sugar and I'll give you a piece of cake this is not helping it's not helping people here and it's not helping me lead a class in a few days I still have a lot of unanswered questions like Why are people still doing it if they are told there are a lot of complications? Or, why are elders practicing it on their own nieces? That picture is still a blur until she comes to the mic. The first person capable of making things clearer.
0: I'm Alice Chai. I come from Kisi community, which is in Nyanza province of Kenya.
1: Alice is a journalist, a singer, a radio host, a politician.
0: I was born in Kisi and I grew up as a Kisi lady. And uh, I underwent all the traditional stages of growing up as a girl.
1: Kisi people are still practicing genital mutilation on 19 percent of the girls in their community.
0: When I grew up, I didn't know the dangers of uh, FGM. So that is why I also underwent. I remember I cried.
1: She cried because her friends were all going to do it.
0: So I ran. I woke up very early in the morning and joined my neighbors who were going to be uh, circumcised.
1: The thing that hooks me about Alice is the way she swings from the school, NGO, educated point of view to her traditional culture. I noticed, for example, that she says FGM, that is the medical WHO definition of the practice. But when she starts talking about Kisi customs, she uses the word circumcision or cut because that's what her people call it.
0: So I, I was very happy that time because normally when you undergo uh, FGM, which qualifies you from being a baby, from being a girl to a woman. Imagine, I got circumcised when I was 11 years.
1: In Alice's presence, I feel at home. And finally, I'm able to ask the questions that come naturally to me. The last question. Do you think that um, Kisi people and Kenyan people are ready to talk about their sexual life and pleasure inside marriage and inside the religious fields?
0: Thank you, Jonathan, for asking me that. Once that critoris has been cut, it is very hard to come. It takes a long time. It's just like a, a, a car that you struggle to, to start. And once it has started, it goes, 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 goes <laughs> till it will run somewhere. <laughs> so it is very difficult. yeah. But our men doesn't know about that. And no woman is ready to tell the man, my dear husband. When this vehicle started, it doesn't roll easily. So you have to go with it up to the very end, make sure that it has not go, and then know that now it has reached. Nobody is ready to do that. So the man is enjoying, the woman is not enjoying, yeah? So it is that difficult. Yeah.
1: After I switch off the recorder, I share with Alice my concern and my doubts about not knowing about FGM deeply, about having a frame but not being able to see the picture, And then, I throw this line on the table Why don't we go to Kisi together? So you can introduce me to women there and I can record what they have to say Hello! Hello. How are you? Fine, thank you! A couple of days later I'm at Alice's house in Nairobi early in the morning We are going to Nyamira, Western Kenya in the Kisi region It's my fault! (laughs) It's going to be a long and rough journey Alice's husband is driving us there.
0: This is now going to kiss. Yeah?
1: It takes more than two hours just to go out of the crazy traffic in Nairobi. But after we get out of the city, the mood in the car becomes really relaxed. Alice and her husband tell me stories about the crazy ethnic war that happened just two years before. He started uh, escorting vehicles down to Kisir. So these guys decided to cut the road.
0: Even some people were killed.
1: Miles followed the minutes, one after another.
0: Sometimes I think I take you for this
1: drifting to sleep in the back seat and i see alice's husband reaching for his wife's hand she didn't move for a while but then she turns her palm up and she grabs her husband's fingers like he's falling from a rooftop here it is long time love everlasting intimacy We arrive in the evening after a 10-hour long drive, I'm exhausted, Alice and her husband invite me to a bar for a beer, and of course I say, yes, I need it. And in that moment the most crazy thing of my entire experience in Kenya happens, and sorry it doesn't have anything to do with the story, any decent editor would force me to cut it from the episode, but for me it's absolutely insane and I needed to shout it out to the world. As soon as I step into the bar, I hear this song playing. Call Me by Ivana Spagna, an Italian disco singer from the 80s who was born and raised in my little hometown in northern east of Italy. Isn't that crazy? I traveled more than 8,000 miles or kilometers or whatever to listen to an 80s disco song sang by a lady who lives in the same small town I'm from? That's crazy! The morning after, we jump in the car and we take on the rough roads of Nyamira. But we make twenty stops to greet all of Alice's acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, we are working with Alice, so she's making us make a tour in DC. Yes. She's a radio and music star passing through the main road of her hometown. I just feel like at home now, thank <laughs> you. Then Alice's husband stops the car. We get out we climb up a little hill there's a buzz in the air i can feel it before i can make a sound out it's women singing in the distance
0: <laughs> Hello, I'm
1: I'm overwhelmed by the tones, the colors, the dancing bracelets on their wrists, twirling skirts, deep wrinkles winding up, even deeper eyes. After 20 minutes of singing and dancing, the group sits down in front of me and my recorder. Hello everybody. My name is Jonathan. I come from Italy.
0: And
1: I'm here with Alice to make some recordings and try to understand your your habits, especially the circumcision that it's so strange for us. So, thank you very much to be here, and God bless you. In the room, there are 18 Kisi women of different ages. Some of them used to be traditional circumciser. A couple of them are actually still practicing the cut, in secret, because now it's a crime in Kenya. But it's their way to bring some money and support their families. Yes. They step forward, one after another. They introduce themselves in their local language, while Alice whispers in my ear some keywords about their stories.
0: <laughs> During the initiation, they could make the, the, the noise the way she has put it. This could make the girl to fear. And this fear could make the girl even to go on shock. Thanks for coming. And again.
1: Then one woman takes out a brown mannequin and they start acting out a circumcision ritual. <laughs> The oldest among the ladies approaches the mannequin with a knife. The other ladies start doing a kind of ring around the rosy surrounding the old lady with the knife and the mannequin
0: <coughs> <coughs>
1: through waves of long skirts I can see the old lady doing the gesture of a quick cut between the mannequin legs then she raises her hands up in the air Yay! <coughs> <coughs> I spend more than an hour talking to these ladies, and the picture I couldn't see before starts gaining some new outlines. Do you think it is right? No. Yes. Why do you think it's right? Because I was told it was right. Why were you doing it if you didn't think it was right? Because it was my job. I was trained by my grandmother and I was helping my family survive thanks to it. Why did you celebrate doing something like this? I don't know. Everybody was celebrating. There was a singing and dancing and food and meat stew that I rarely eat. I was just following the flock. (laughs) Unfortunately, all these senseless justifications make complete sense to me. They are the same answers we give in the West any time we have to explain why we did something we weren't supposed to do the same answers we gave for slavery illegal abortion lobotomies sending trains to work camps the same answers we give when we are asked about why we are treating immigrants and refugees like shit the same answers we will give one day when we will be asked about why we fucked up our existence on this planet
0: do you have anything to say?
1: It's strange. I'm thinking about the celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see you uh, sing and act the circumcision, mm-hmm. uh, I, I found some happiness in me. It's a
0: minute. I didn't <laughs> so I, <laughs> I,
1: I wish I was circumcised just for the celebration.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: then a young girl in the room I didn't notice so far, was invited by Alice to step up.
0: Come near. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: She's the daughter of one of the women in the group. She just brought her along she wasn't going to participate. She has been sitting in a corner, silent, all morning long. But Alice's persistence is irresistible.
0: Me, if I could have known the side effects of being circumcised, I could have not gone to be circumcised. But it's unfortunate, at that time, not the side effects of being circumcised. Thank
1: you. I'm sitting on a chair with my equipment on the table, and she's standing in front of me. She is majestic.
0: When I was circumcised, I was twelve years, old. twelve years old. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. I was there. It just was just very painful. Just painful. But you were yeah. told not to cry. <laughs>
1: I start focusing on details. She's got black slip-on shoes, a long black skirt with big light blue dots, short hair a marble, noble gaze. She has a timid, clumsy way of saying things to strangers. I'm avoiding eye contact. Oh, fuck you, Jonathan Zenti. I know what's happening.
0: They are saying that they are happy, they appreciate, and uh, they wish you well when you go back. For now, they are tired, they are hungry. They
1: want to eat and live. <laughs> we call it a day. I leave the recorder on the table and I go outside. The girl with the light blue dot skirt is there. We smile at each other. I slowly walked over there. We start talking, we start walking around. She tells me her name, Stella. I ask her what she wants to do in her life. She's studying to be a teacher. She says education is the only way to turn the world into a better place. The sky starts pouring a cinematic rain on the compound. We smile at each other again. Dirt is melting under our rubber soles. Alice is looking at us. Stella's mother is looking at us. We stop smiling at each other and with a hurried walk we go back inside the room with the others. (laughs) When the rain stops, we take a picture all together in the garden, and while I'm packing my stuff, I give Stella my Nokia. She gives me her Nokia, I put my number in her Nokia, she puts her number in mine. I lose myself in long hugs with old ladies, I jump in Alice's husband's car, and we drive back to Nairobi. They drop me off at my place, around midnight. Before I collapse on the pillow, I draft a text to Stella. Lala, salama, good night, send. The following morning, I'm in the FGM class I was sent here to teach, in front of 30 strangers. Most of them are women, but there are also a bunch of dudes. I introduce myself. Hello. Hello. Hi. My name is Jonathan. And then they introduce themselves. We go outside and we do an ice-breaking exercise. We close the morning with a joke. <laughs> and finally, we go to lunch. <laughs> While I wait in line to grab my ugali, kuku, and sukuma wiki, I check my phone that had been turned off all morning and... Jumbo Jonathan, how are you? It's the beginning of a colorful back and forth between me and Stella that plays as a counterpoint of my training session at the school I do presentations in the morning and I text her during the coffee breaks she texts me in the afternoon, and then I read it at dinner. And then one night, she calls me, and I pick up. We talk. She says she is planning to come to Nairobi, probably in two weeks. I tell her we can go wherever she will like. She knows the city better than I do, for sure. We hang up. I roll over on the bed. I brush my teeth before going to sleep, and I start dreaming about us, together. I know it's stupid and I'm pretty sure it brings bad luck, but when I meet someone I like, I always picture our life, one year in the future. Her light blue dotted skirt, walking next to my desert khaki dickies. Her black sleep-on shoes, next to my green all-stars, walking through a mall, sitting together at the movies, slurping a milkshake as loud as we can and then dinner maybe there's that nice Ethiopian restaurant taking a cab together and getting off when she grabs my hand laughing, cooling down the laughter when our lips get closer kissing each other, taking our time to do it collapsing on the bed waiting until she starts taking something off herself we are cool, she is okay, we are okay and then, as I do all the time Gliding down her belly to finally eat her out. Wait, what? You know what? What are you doing? What? You know what? She even told you at the microphone. microphone. What? She, she has been circumcised. Si- she doesn't have a... you know. What if she doesn't like it? What if nobody did it before? What if I ruin everything? What if you ruin everything? What if I hurt her? What if you hurt her? What if I hurt her? What if you hurt her? What if I hurt her? What if you hurt I hurt her? What if I hurt her? What if you hurt her? What if I hurt her? What if you hurt her, Jonathan? Okay. Um this talking? or Victor or my toilet? the last night of the training. We are all packed in my room to record the narration of the two documentaries we worked on this week. Stella's texts are still coming, but they are out of sync today. I wasn't eager to read them on my breaks. I replied with very general sentences. The thrilling enthusiasm I had until last night is gone. Maybe I'm just tired. It has been a very long week. Or maybe... Maybe I'm just being the jerk I've always tried to avoid being. I'm getting cold in the face of something I don't know. Not with her, I'm still writing the same text as before. It is inside me that the enthusiasm is fading away. How's that? Aren't I the good feminist guy? The one who listens to all his female friends? Aren't I that stroke of luck for a girl Because I take care of my partner's pleasure before taking care of mine? Because I do that fancy deep sea diving? What is happening to me? Hello? I have another couple of calls with Stella, but the line is so bad we can barely say hi. We don't have any concrete plans to meet in Nairobi yet, but neither of us have ever written or said it's better if we don't. All those daydreams of me and her hanging out and getting closer minute after minute have been replaced by this movie that plays on repeat, my mouth between her legs, doing something wrong. My mouth between her legs, doing something disappointing her, disappointing myself, turning a warm, lovely, cozy moment into an arctic ice pack. Is that the only way I know to get intimate with someone? Is it possible that I don't have any memory of other approaches, other ways I tried in my past to make someone happy? When did this thing start? When was the moment that I built the certainty that going down first was the right thing to do and that nothing bad can happen if I do it? Did I read it in a book? Did someone tell me it was the right thing to do with girls? I start going through my memories until I get to the very bottom I'm 14 it's the summer between secondary school and high school my parents both work all day and they drop me off wherever they can the houses of grandparents, aunties, friends sometimes they drop me off at the house of these family friends who live very close to where my mother works They have a daughter my age. We have known each other forever. Our parents met because we both attended the same ballet school and our parents have always had fun, pushing us to be a couple. But I never liked her. When we were eight, our ballet teacher made us do a choreography recreating the Disney Little Mermaid Lake scene. The teacher wanted me and the girl to kiss each other before the spotlight turned off. My parents wanted us to kiss and their parents wanted us to kiss but I didn't want to kiss her I didn't want to kiss anybody on the night of the recital my mother got really mad at me because I ended up kissing her on her cheek and not on the lips. now it's different we are grown up, we are 14 we are not in the same ballet school anymore I have time to spend with her just because my mother drops me off here i don't hate her but i don't like her either she's not one of the friends i would like to bike around with but along with my puberty my mother started being a little paranoid thinking i could die in any moment and she needed me under constant watch one day the daughter of my parents friends and i go for a walk the landscape around us is a combination of gray concrete storehouses and abandoned spontaneous nature. We barely talk, but for some reason, I tell her that I never kissed anybody. She grabs my left hand and she puts it inside the backside of her tight shorts, inside her underwear, on the naked skin of her buttock. I didn't even notice she was wearing shorts. She keeps her hand over mine and she guides me to grope her butt while we are walking my reproductive engine starts whirling furiously like an aircraft turbine. we get back home, we go down to the basement she sits on top of me and she starts doing wet stuff on my lips this must be a kiss? a few months later i start dating my first girlfriend who i like a lot when my mother finds out about her she becomes even more paranoid and she gets obsessed by the idea that I can do some of what she calls dirty stuff to keep me safe from dirty stuff she keeps me under even more street control she drops me off at her friend's house at least once a week and every time my parent's friend's daughter brings me to the basement making out becomes groping groping becomes hand stuff what I feel through my body is pure dope and I like to feel all that shit running through my flesh but still I don't like her I don't feel anything for her one day she tells me that we are going to fuck I reply that I don't have a condom she says she doesn't care I don't want to I've always pictured my first time with someone I like surrounded by love in any form two bodies wrapped in a sheet of emotions I'm holding tight to that picture I'm not ready to let it go She says, I've done it before, let me do it I say, I don't want to She does it, anyway And I let her do it Until that moment, my life has always been a bittersweet whirlwind of music Care bears, singing, little ponies, dancing kitchen and cream Barbies, pirouettes wearing socks on the wooden floor in that exact moment, though, my colourful spaceship exploded before getting into the adult sphere. Jonathan Houston, we see your dream messages but we didn't copy the last. Jonathan Houston, UHAF chat. The basement story ended very badly. I start saying no, she starts getting really mad at me. She a pregnancy to keep me close I buy it for a couple of months and when I get to know the truth I tell her I don't want to see her anymore She comes yelling at me in a park and I push her into a little lake Then she starts blow banging random people asking them to let me know about it Okay, I never liked her but I never wanted to see things going south like this Every time I try to make things better though they get worse I feel I don't have any control over what is happening to me and around me. I'm 15. Guilt and sadness start scratching a hole inside my rib cage to find a spot that they will never leave. In few months I destroy everything I've been so far. I drop out school, I quit ballet, I cut as many ties as possible with my parents who are getting a divorce. I become rough. I start being very selective in friendship. I realize, at my own expense, that in order not to be hurt anymore, in order to build a strong fence around my feelings, I have to hammer the stakes into someone else's heart. The only way to get out of that guilt and sadness is to give up. Embrace the fact that life sucks and start doing things my way. I don't want to get high on dopamine and to run after my masculine body. I don't want to consent to someone else's feelings and decisions. I need to be in charge of my shit. And going down on new partners becomes my way to do it. A soft, sneaky way to control the situation, to set my rules from the beginning. And I've always thought it was great, because the rule was everybody's everybody's gonna gonna play nice here, okay? okay? The only thing I'm realizing now is that I've always been the one making the call. That's probably why I feel unarmed now, in Kenya. I'm in a new place, I'm encountering new people with completely different backgrounds. My rules might be good for nothing here, they might even hurt someone. The picture I'm trying to see from the beginning of this journey is now revealing a new scene. It's the moment I witnessed 10 days ago from the back seat of the car to Kissy. Alice's husband reaching for his wife's hand, Alice grabbing her husband's fingers in return long-time love everlasting intimacy and if they made it okay what i'm i i want to, to tell you mm-hmm. it's that uh, when uh, we 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 need they opening the door on <coughs> I'm back at Alice's i basically crashed our family dinner I promised her that this would be the last time I'd bother her. I just need her help figuring out this picture for good. When we went in Kisi, mm-hmm. we met a lot of traditional circumcisers, mm-hmm. and in between them, there was this young lady. Her name mm-hmm. was Stella, mm-hmm. and um, that day we shared our phone number. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, if I I stay here and uh, I like uh, her and I want to try to 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 live a life with her. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it will be of of course for me the first time in my life that I meet uh, a circumcised woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What life I could have? Are you are you expecting? Yeah.
0: <laughs> or what uh, what what kind of life are you going to meet? Yeah. Okay, let me say, uh, because I'm one of them. You know, when we went through circumcision, we don't knew uh, the impacts. Actually, we've known them when we are in marriage, somebody like me. And I've known them out of the trainings that I've gone and having the experience between different communities, women from different communities, and what they say. Me, I'm curious. Mostly I want to know, yeah, I befriended uh, Alu Lady and Aluya, they were my best friends in high school, so we could share, yeah, they could tell me what they feel, and then me, I tell them, I'm minus my critoris, because it was chopped off, that sensitivity, which is supposed to be there in the critoris, it is not there, because it was chopped off.
1: But uh, one of the things that I have always done in my in my life with the girlfriends I had, mm. it's that uh, <coughs> this is an embarrassment. They cough. have the clitoris, and uh, I know that it's like uh, you know a safe island. I mm-hmm. I, I I can yes. go there. I, can, yes. I know that I can go there, mm-hmm. and uh, if I'm sweet and I'm lovely with there, mm-hmm. I can make them have pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite for sure. Yes. Mm. Mm. But if I want to give to my eventual kissy wife uh-huh. a nice uh, sexual life inside our marriage...
0: If you mm. married a kissy woman mm. and you want to enjoy...
1: I want uh, that she enjoy her she sexual enjoys. life, she, that she can say, I don't know, in next five, ten years, uh, I have a good sexual life with my husband.
0: Okay. For you to have um, uh, a perfect and satisfactory sexual life with a kissy married woman, it is communication. Uh, telling her to be open and uh, telling you where to touch her so that she can be ready for you. And then it will always be successful and she will always love you and like you. She will not be having any, any doubts because she will be getting everything that she wants in you. So... Knowing that she is a circumcised and uh, you prepared her, yeah, you've known her sensitive parts. Uh, If she can even allow you to touch her at the critoris, yeah, then everything will be okay.
1: Yeah, Alice's husband is looking at me from the couch with a kind of exhausted smile, the kind of smile that marathon winners have when they cut the finish line, the smile that says. Yeah, it has been a struggle, but now it feels so good.
0: I wish he could talk. <laughs> I wish, I I wish could. he could talk, and uh, and uh, uh, and and say maybe about me, eh? Yeah? Because if you have ca- you've gone to bed, yes, with your husband, yes, and you've planned that you are going to have sex that night. I started preparing not then. I started earlier than that, yeah, because I know today I'm going to have him. And I tell him also, take Viceroy today. So that
1: <laughs> Viceroy is a very popular brand of brandy in Kenya.
0: Let's meet next Let's week. Let's meet next week, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Take Viceroy, eh? because it was not my wish. But if he understands that I'm circumcised, then he has to treat me that way and prepare for me. Let's even say for two weeks, even a month. But when we are going to have it, we have a real thing. Yeah, and I'll be satisfied and I'm not even done for the rest of uh, another month. And then wait for another one. You see, I can confirm. You run away.
1: (laughs) I have one last question before I leave them alone. The only that seems reasonable at this point. Can you try to tell me the relationship between the circumcision and, and love and uh, the long life marriage, and the family, and this kind of not not the technical pleasure, but the the, the pleasure the, uh, of love of uh, have a good relationship with husband. Yeah.
0: you know, Sainty, love love doesn't even begin uh, because of sex. It begins with the attraction, you love one another. To me, sex, it is the complimentary, it just complements our our love as a, a family. The goodness is that I'm married to a kissy, who understands about circumcision. The problem is that you keep quiet, you don't tell him, no, I'm not getting the satisfaction I want. Now, it becomes too much, you'd even start now hating him, that he doesn't know how, to have sex with me and then maybe you go looking for other options but if you were if talking if talking you communicate you are open to your husband because he's you in any case and things will work well
1: okay so and do you think that i can i can spend my life with a kiss lady
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: do you think that i can have problems Uh, that I could run away or this? No, Hmm? no. Me and Stella never made it in the end. It wasn't easy for her to come to Nairobi before I needed to head back to Italy. And we both agreed that yes, it has been a sweet daydream, but we both have to go back to our busy lives. And that it was nice meeting each other on that rainy day in Nyamira. County of Kenya. I'm in my room now, waiting for my taxi to the airport. For the first time in my life, my luggage is lighter than it was at my arrival. I'm leaving behind all those Western books and studies and research about something that I'll never really understand. The only souvenir I'm bringing home is this frame with a picture in it. Now it's clear. It's a portrait of myself a young guy capable of all the jerk behavior he thought he was above a guy leaning too eagerly to the one thing that has led him to take control in the past a guy unable to connect with what he couldn't understand about intimacy a portrait of a guy who will try to be better and do better next time Yeah, down. you have been listening to Meet, a podcast about our bodies and the life we live because of them. This episode has been produced by me, Jonathan Zenti, and edited by Bethel Hapte who has driven me through all the slippery mud I have stepped in with this story. Thanks, pedal. You saved my life. Music is also composed and recorded by me and the title track written and recorded with Valentina Zigliani. The podcast artwork is made, as always, by Valentina Merzi. Don't forget to do your audience duty. Go to midpodcast.com and subscribe to the newsletter. You will be notified as soon as a new episode is out along with other special content just for you. If you didn't sign up before, you have just missed a wonderful wallpaper of the Nyamira ladies and other special contents. Then go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and write a brief review. It really helps the project stay alive. And follow me on Instagram and use the hashtag meetpodcast to spread the word around. First of all, I really, really need to thank my beloved friend, Beatrice Arapo. She has been by my side through the whole journey in Kenya, she has always been the recipient of all my thoughts about FGM and sexuality during those days and these years. It was too complicated to squeeze you in this already messed up episode, Bea, but you are in every word I've told at the microphone. Thanks, I really do love you. Then I need to thank Alice, Stella, Consolata, who passed away a few months after I left the country, and all the ladies who faced a long walk to come to meet me in Yamira. And last, I need to thank the organization that made that journey possible, UNFPA, IDOS and Audiodoc. It's fair to clarify that none of those organizations are responsible of anything I say in this place. This is just a personal output of what I found during the time I was working for them there on something else Meat is handcrafted in poverty with care and love I know that I've been terribly slow in releasing this episode My apologies But I have a full-time job and also sometimes it takes time to say things in the right way, right? I promise you, you don't have to wait another year for the next episode, when me and Marissa will take you out to have a slice of tasty Detroit style pizza. Thanks for listening.